return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Bible. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you, Jesus. Say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the truth. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 hallelujah. And we want to welcome people that are joining us on uh, Facebook Live or YouTube or on the website. Uh, we just want to welcome you as you, as you uh, join us in your home or wherever you're at. And for those from our congregation, we just bless you in the name of Jesus. We're praying for you. Uh, we know many of you have maybe some extenuating circumstances or health circumstances, but just the same, we know Jesus is with you. And uh, we look forward in the coming time when we'll see you face to face again. And uh, it will be a blessed, blessed experience. So we just thank you for joining us. And those from other countries, we thank you also for joining us today, for being a part of uh, our family here. And to know, for you to know how much God cares about your life. Amen. And if you're praying at all, you know, maybe this is even new to you, thinking about Christianity, but I want to talk, I want to just say it's not a religion, it's a relationship. It's a relationship with Jesus. And so he's as close as the mention of his name. You could be riding in a train, you could be in a car, a bus, you might be seeing this on your phone, and you can just say, Jesus. And he will manifest himself to you. He will show his goodness and grace to you and for your life. So we're glad you're all here. Amen. Amen. And uh, I just want to share a little bit about joyful living. It, uh, uh, it's a blessing that God gives us joy. Sadly, uh, it's not real common in, uh, in even the body of Christ to have joy. We have to, I think, take inventory of our lives at times and think, what do we want to change? And change involves action, all right? So we, we read the scripture from uh, 2 Timothy about behavior of people in the last days. And the behavior, you know, talks, talks there that, that uh, last days, perilous times. Again, the last days, folks, have been on us, upon us since the day of Pentecost. So it's like 2,000 plus years ago, right? So it's not like, oh, all these things are happening, it's the last days. No, the, last, the Bible is real clear about it. This is the last days. And if it was close then, the return of Christ again, it's certainly close now, Right? So if you think, wow, he's going to return, just, just be ready. I would just say, if you're ready, he can return anytime. Amen. If he's ready, it doesn't matter. Whenever you die, you're ready to meet him. Because don't, I don't know what's going to happen next week or next month or next year or whatever. You just want to be ready. Turn to your neighbor and say, be ready. Be ready to meet the Lord. So it's the last days. 
And, and this, this was Bible days then. It is, it is all the more today. So it's progressive behavior. Remember we shared years ago on, on the principle of the path. The direction, not your intention, will lead to your destination. So people have lots of intentions, good intentions and so forth. But your feet, your feet face forward. So if you want to know what's going to be your destination, what are your actions? Your actions will indicate where you're going. Okay, so your actions involve your physical actions, also the words of your mouth. So if, you're, if you want to go to point A, but you're headed in point D, you realize, I've got to turn around. Amen. Right? So if I, if, the, if I stopped, if someone said, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm going to Sioux Falls, but I'm, I'm driving towards Fargo. They'd say, you're going the wrong way. If your destination is Sioux Falls, I mean... It's the opposite, right? So, so my actions are indicating Fargo, but I want to go to Sioux Falls. So you have to change that. Here you see progressive behavior. People that, that love themselves or money, they blaspheme their parents' situations. Or We mentioned this, of course, unthankful with Thanksgiving and stuff. All these things progressively get worse, and then we see they're lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Of course, we see that in our world. People, people are more in tune with, of course, sports. And other activities that, all the fun activities, but they don't have time for Jesus. I love, I love a lot of other activities. I love sports. However, Jesus has to be the priority or everything's out of balance. Right? So you have to have a balance. The balance is Christ right at the center of our lives. Amen? And when we have that, then something good's going to happen. So, so with this, we see progressive behavior in our lives, in the world, that gets worse and worse and worse. Romans 1 talks about that too. Romans 1, which uh, written, of course, hundreds of years before today's time. But it says, the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. So everything in the world points to a creator. Why, why worship the stars or worship the sun? Why not worship the one who made the stars and the sun, right? So, so we always look beyond what's there, what's already, we can see with our eyes. Worship the one who made it. I don't want to worship an animal. I want to worship the one who made that. All right? I want to worship my creator who made people. And his name is Jesus Christ. The word of God framed the world. So, so we see that. And this is, this is clear. This is, you go anywhere in the world and you're going to see these things. And it's all pointing to the fact that there is a great God. And his name is Jesus Christ. Right? So we see his eternal power and Godhead. People are without excuse then. All right? And though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Now, this is interesting because they never, they started out in a place here, but they did not, their behavior led them other, another direction. So rather than appreciating their relationship and walking in this vertical relationship, they didn't, they didn't glorify him. They weren't thankful. They didn't praise him. They weren't thankful. They became futile or vain in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. When that happens, people begin to do anything. And they lose their moral compass. And so people have an idea. I remember in college reading a book like, I'm okay, you're okay. You can do whatever you do. If it doesn't bother you, it's all okay. And of course, it's not okay, is it? It's not okay. We have, we have a compass on the inside that guides us as far as what is truth. The Holy Spirit will guide us. And even God gave to sinners a conscience to say they're doing something. It's like, that's wrong. And they feel, what? They feel guilty. Now, God isn't, doesn't want to just feel guilty. He wants people to turn to him. 
Isn't that right? So all these things, again, this, it can be progressive. Sometimes people think, you know, pastor, I'm just fine. I don't need to be in church. I don't need to read the Bible. I'm just fine. And you might be at the moment, but progressive behavior will slowly lead you down. Let's look at Psalm 1 a second. Psalm 1 says, blessed are they, blessed are the man who walks not in the counsel of the godly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So the progressive behavior, first of all, he's, he's walking, all right? He's walking in the ungodly counsel of the world. He's walking with the worldly ways. But, but he comes to a point where he starts standing. Now he's stopped, and he's standing in the ways of the world, and then he actually sits down. All right, progressive behavior. He's walking, he's standing, and he sits down. And he said, like, okay. And, and so you see this in people's lives. I've seen Christians. I've, sadly, I've seen pastors, people who have preached the word of God who today don't even believe. It's shocking. You think, well, that can't happen. Well, they, they weren't saved. No, they were very much saved. Very much saved, very much loved the Lord, very much walking with God, but little by little began to walk in the ways of the world. Little by little forsook the Word of God, leave that on the shelf. I talked to him and said, oh, I know the Word, I know the Word, Dave, I know all that stuff. Sure you do. A memory of it here, but not acting it out in their lives. So pretty soon they're walking in another direction, all right? Your, your intentions can be right, but your direction is wrong. Pretty soon, standing in the way of the world, now sitting down with the world as a scorner. And they call me a nut because of what I'm doing. I'm the nut. No, I'm sorry. I'm not the nut. I'm the guy walking with Jesus in a relationship with him that has a destination of heaven, which is very wonderful. But if we, if we walk the other way, all right, so their foolish heart is darkened, then it leads you to another destination. So how do, you, how do we change this in our lives then? So at some point in our lives, so today, let's, here's, let me get on to my topic here, joyful living, okay? How do we get on the top? Oh, I'll get on that. Pretty soon we've got to stand up. Look at your life. Let me just say this. Rhetorical question, you answer it in your own mind. Are you enjoying life? Are you, do you have joy in your heart? Lots of people, let, let's bring it to us, Christians, are frustrated. And they're not happy, and they don't have any joy. And so the truth is, is, no. So if people are honest, a lot of people say no. So how do we change that from that? Because we're Christians, right? We're Christians. We have Jesus Christ. The King of Kings is our Savior. Hallelujah. How do we change that, though? We have to get up. We have to do so. Reverse, reverse things then. Get up. Stand up. Say, no, I'm not going to stand for this any longer. Amen. I'm not going to stand for a life of, that's just miserable. That's just like everybody else in the world. If Jesus Christ is real, and he is, by the way, then I'm going to believe his word for a change in my life. Amen. So we got to stand up. All right? So rather than sitting, we're standing. And then eventually we got to start walking in the truth, walking with the word, begin, begin confessing it, fellowshipping and so forth. Actions to your lives that be, will begin to produce something in your heart. Joy. A relationship that's built on Jesus Christ. So in, in Luke, the classic verse, of course, with Christmas, Luke chapter 2, uh, uh, with the shepherds and so forth. The angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were greatly afraid. Now, afraid means 
They were in awe. All right. So the shepherds see the glory of God. They're all those angels are singing. And the angel said, do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. So notice this. It's good news. Notice it's it's good tidings, good news that produces great joy, which should be for everybody. Say, that's me. Say, great joy. I want it. So it's good news. So the angel's talking about Jesus Christ coming for us. All right. So you have to think, what, what happened to joy then for Christians? You know, people want to celebrate Christmas, but the focus, the enemy puts the focus on a present rather than a person. And the enemy puts it on all the other stuff, the tree and the tinsel and all the things. Oh, this is one of the holidays. <clears throat> the holidays can be a very depressing time. Isn't that right? Suicides rates actually go up at holidays. All right? Depression goes up at holidays. Because for most people, the image of a holiday is what they see on a card or in some Hollywood movie. And the family's together and everything's perfect and so forth. The coffee's brewing and people are happy. And quite frankly, in the world, that is rare. That is rare. People come home and people are irritable and people are fighting and people think I don't have enough money and I didn't get what I want and so forth and it's not a happy thing at all. I grew up in a family where the holidays were just booze. That was the holidays. It, and to be honest, it wasn't a great time. So, so this is the world. So as a Christian, though, you have to think, what is it all about? So if it's going to produce something, and he actually says it should be great joy... We should reduce, bring this back down to even like, what is my life built on? So if we understand eternal aspects of things, the fact that I'm forgiven of my sins by someone who loves me so much should produce a joyful response. The one who came and unlocked my prison door, opened it up and said, you are free. I was guilty. I deserved the punishment. I deserved all that. But he opened the door, said, you are free. Go and sin no more. That produces like, thank you. Thank you. Amen. We used to testimony services and well, for some years. But it was always fun when Bob, this guy, Bob Kerr, got him. Now, Bob lived most of his life as a drunk. And uh, skid row, all the different things and, and so forth. And he gets saved late in life. And Bob would walk to the front. You could hear him breathe. <sighs> you know, so I hear him come by me. You know, Bob's coming. I can hear him breathe. And he would always just say, I'm so thankful to be saved. I'm so thankful to be a Christian. Yeah. It produced something in him. A gratefulness and a joy that, that impacted his life in a very profound way. And that's what it comes down to. You know, the other night... Excel uh, uh, Coral shared on joy regardless. It's not based on other stuff. It's not based on the things of the world. Amen. So I have to take my eyes and not put them on the worldly things or what everybody else has. Take them off that and put them on Jesus. Amen. It's a relationship. Amen? So Jesus, this news, this life produces great joy and it's for everybody. It's for everybody in the world. If you're listening from another country right now, it's for you. Jesus came to touch your life. And through forgiveness of sins, he produces great joy.
They paid for your sins. You don't have to pay for your sins. He paid for your sins. Right? You don't have to do penance. Some, some religions and some aspects of Christianity teach penance. You don't have to do penance. It's out of the Bible. You just receive. I mean, people say, well, that's too simple. Well, that's, that's so easy. Well, that doesn't cost anything. No, it just costs your surrender, your life. He wants your life. Right? He doesn't want you to run your life. He wants to run your life. Romans 12, you present yourself as a living sacrifice. Amen? So it's not like I'm climbing on the altar that, that oh, this is just terrible. No, I'm giving him my all so I can have his all. A great exchange there. That's a whole lot better, right? I give him my worthless life and take his. Like, oh, thank you, Jesus. It's a wonderful deal. Wonderful deal. He just gives it to us. We have to receive it. We have to walk in it. So joy. All right, Matthew 13. Matthew 13 discusses the the um, parable of the sower. And when the word comes, of course, the sower is sowing the seed. The seed is the word of God, as we've confessed before. The seed, he that hears the word, and he receives it with joy. And, of course, it's like, wow, this is, this is great. But initially, of course, doesn't have, for some people, no root in themselves Endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they stumble. So this is trouble, persecution, all sorts of things that can come like that. Because of Christianity, because you're a Christian, because of the word of God, people stumble. Now, he received it with joy. So what is, what is the enemy after, though? The enemy is after your joy, because your joy produces strength. See, if you're happy in Jesus, then you're not going to want to go after the things of the world. You're not going to want to go after things of the world if you're happy in Jesus. Let me quick do a little rabbit trail here. This might be for somebody watching. I don't know. But it's very common in the body of Christ. Many years ago, David Wilkerson, who was an evangelist, spoke about this coming and happening in a great degree. And sadly, it's starting in circles, Christian circles, that, that is just, it's just cool. Hey, pastor, it's just cool. We can have a little wine. We can have a little beer. We can have, pretty soon they got this and that going and they got a kegger and all that. Well, I just want to say that the Bible doesn't change. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. And whoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Jesus, Jesus wasn't in the business of making wine, folks. He didn't have the vineyard to make wine. It's the best wine out here like that. No, no. He's, he's in the Holy Ghost business. This is, this is the wine of God, the Holy Ghost business. And so we have, to, we have to be careful where we're going, right? See, I see pastors say, oh, it's just, just fine to do all this. I'm thinking, you're an example. I know people personally who've seen ministers drinking, and they themselves went out to drink, and they're drunks now. I personally know this. I personally know people who are ministers who saw other ministers and they're no longer in the ministry because of booze. So I've personally seen that. I've seen the effects. Because in the name of freedom, people say, we're just free, we're just free. You're not free to do anything you want. You're free to follow Jesus. Hallelujah! You're free to shout unto Him and exalt the Lord. Yes! But you're not free to do the things of the world. We must understand that. Amen? The world will give you no joy. Let's be real clear about that. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much you, likes you get on Facebook. The world will not give you joy. Real joy, real peace only comes through Jesus Christ. The whole thing of Christmas is the focus is Jesus. That's where the joy comes from. 
Everything else is a fake. Say fake. If Jesus said in John 15, he said, I'm the true vine. He's obviously implying there are false vines. There are false vines. Many people attach themselves to get life out of things that there is no life in. And temporarily it makes, hey, this feels good. This is cool. This is okay. Temporarily. Even Moses said, I'm not going to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Devil's smart. To get people out there sucking out of a vine that's dead that will bring no life. And all of a sudden they find themselves stuck. And they're in trouble or their marriage is in trouble or something else is in trouble. True joy and peace comes through Jesus Christ. You can search in any other religion of the world. No, none of them have the answer. But the answer is in Jesus Christ, a relationship with him. So, when they receive the seed, now there's thorns. They hear the word, the cares of the world, deceitfulness of riches, riches come and choke the word. And what they're choking in that word is they're choking off joy. They're choking off life. What is it? Look at, look at the thorns. Thorns, the things, the things of the world and so forth. The fences and different things that come. The cares of the world. Notice that it says riches, deceitful. Money isn't bad. The love of money's bad. Right? Money itself, everyone drives a car, lives in a house, that's all fine. It's just where your trust is at. Because if you think the things of the world will satisfy you, they never will. They never will. You have to just make choices. Your intention is to be in love with Jesus only. So let me say this, let me back up. People get married think, if I get married, I'll be happy. I've looked at people before like, don't marry that person. <laughs> They're not going to make you happy. It's, it's, a, it's a fake, again, it's a fake vine. Bible says we are complete in him, in Jesus. Marriage is good. God, in, God endorsed marriage and ordained marriage. All that's good. But Jeannie is not my source of life. It's not my source of life. We have a wonderful relation. Married for 45 years. But my source of life for us comes through Jesus Christ. Then that makes the harmony of her or a job or friends. All that brings it into balance. Right? See, we have to back up then. We, it's a reverse course. Stand up. Start, start moving in the direction that we want to see the results. I have to change my behavior. I have to change what I'm trying to draw life out. See, all these other things, the, the thorns, the cares, the deceitfulness, riches, they're all joy suckers. They suck joy out of your life. They suck things out of your life that, that all of a sudden is, you know. And people are Christians. But we should not allow the enemy to rob us. Jesus said, John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So the goal of the enemy you're, you can be going to heaven. That's great. He just doesn't want you happy. doesn't want you joyful. doesn't want you as a witness. Right? doesn't want that. So, so at some point, I have to stop the thief. I have to stop the thief. I, it's like, I have no joy. Really not you just find a lot of Christians. They're not really happy. Amen? Come, I just want to be honest here. That's why even in fellowship, you fellowship with others. People can, we can talk about all the tinsel of things, but the fellowship... Around Jesus, you can help people. You can help people to adjust their eyesight like, oh, that's really nice. But have your eyes on Jesus. 
Have your eyes on the Lord. Amen. Don't allow, don't allow the other stuff to just suck, suck the life out of you. Nehemiah chapter 8. Now, Nehemiah, of course, had gathered the people and so forth. And now there, there's a restoration and so forth. And, and uh, he taught the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Don't mourn nor weep. Now, now I, think, I think every day is holy to the Lord. And, and this is the day that the Lord has made. Uh, yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is not here yet. This is the day for you and I right now. This is our time. This on a Sunday morning right now. Other places in the world, already, you know what, it's already click, click the clock, it's already into Monday. But for us, right now, it's Sunday morning. So, so this, this day is holy. Don't mourn, don't, don't live a mournful life because of who lives in you. For all the earth, all the people had wept and so they heard the law, the law was heavy and all that. And he says, go eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions of those whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Don't, do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, we quote this, the joy of the Lord is your strength, appropriately. It is. That's true. But we also have to make an exchange here. Sorrow, sorrow can be another form of regret. There's not one person here or listening to me right now who does not have some form of regret. Everybody could look at their lives. Regret. Now, you're looking backwards and you're seeing a decision you made, a choice here or there. And you thought, shouldn't have done that. Or maybe a decision you should have done. And you can regret it. But now, I cannot go back. I can't go back to 10 a.m. when the service started. So what can we do? Well, we have to, we have to lay aside the sorrow and realize, man, man, i got to go forward. Turn to your neighbor and say, go forward. You and I can do nothing about the past. Other than forgiving people, forgiving yourself or whatever, learning from it. But you can't change what is history. You can change your future and create a new history. Sometimes, sometimes we can even think, now if you're older, you think, oh, well, I'm too old now, blew it. But you're never too old. You're never too old to, to capture, capture the gusto of life. You're never too old. You never too old. You mean, sometimes we think, well, I, I created this situation. Okay, fine. But God is bigger than those things. Amen? Amen? He's bigger to give us a peace and a joy in the midst of adversity that's not based on money or anything else but a relationship. That's why Paul and Silas could start singing in prison. Because they had this relationship. And so even though they were whipped, beaten, they'd stripped their clothes off them and all those things, they knew nothing what their future was. It didn't look good because some people they were just killing. Yet they had this relationship that they could exhibit this joy in the Lord. Amen. Let me tell you, people, people aren't going to hang around for a sorrowful message. They're not going to hang around for woe is me, because the world's already full of woe is me. When you go to other countries and so forth, we're bringing a gospel that's good news. We're bringing a gospel that produces great joy. People serve all kinds of other gods, all kinds of other gods that are worthless. <laughs> not, not helping them at all. But we serve one who is alive. You've got to act like he's alive. Amen. I mean, you really do. You have to experience. To enjoy something, the word enjoy means you're going to experience that joy. It's fun to talk about it, but I want to experience it. 
the words of the Bible and so forth. I think they're wonderful words. Hallelujah. But I want to experience it. I'm not content for a religious form. I want this relationship that produces this joyful living. That makes me think, man, I'm glad I can get up. Do you ever go to bed at night just thinking, oh, I've got to get to sleep because I want to get up tomorrow? Ever have that before? That's a fun feeling. Why? Because well, no, I've got to sleep because, you know, I've got to renew your body and things like that. Okay, well, let's get it over with so I can get up and go on. Life really is good. I've been on both sides of the tracks where I've had, I've had things and so forth and realized, man, this is a dead end. I've been around people that have been multi-multi-millionaires. Marriage, marriage, divorced, alcohol, drugs, all kinds of things. Never fulfilled them, never made them happy. The relationship is in Jesus. The vines, I'm always looking at things like when I, if I, I can be excited about something, but I think, uh, okay, I don't want to attach myself to that vine, though. At one time, sports was a God for me. It was a pretty good God. Did a lot of good things. Paid for all my education. It was a wonderful God. <laughs> Boom, gone like that. Poor God. So what you put your trust in is important. I tell kids all the time, including my grandkids, just go out and have fun. You know, everybody says, oh, well, I'm looking to do this and this. Go out and have fun. <laughs> Just play your best, do your best. It'll take care of the rest, really, won't it? It will. It'll, it'll take care of the rest. Just go out and have a lot of fun. Enjoy where you're at in your life right now. And if you're doing your best, you will excel. People can excel in music or sports or drama or all kinds of things. But in the meantime, you have this relationship. Isn't that right? That's, that's the key. I can't emphasize enough. That's the key. So we don't want to be downcast or discouraged. We want to capture this, jo- <clears throat> excuse me, this joy because then you're stronger. Amen. If you're if you have this joy in your heart, your immune system's better. It is. Your immune system's stronger. All right. People that are always down, down, down. Their immune system's just poor. It's just, it just is. So if you're if you have joy in your heart, which produces will produce happiness and so forth, it will produce life in your life. So don't allow the devil to steal your joy. Luke 6 just talks about offenses are going to come. All right, so offenses, you know, offenses are going to come. Let me just say it that way. So, so when, when things happen, so people might exclude you, revile you, cast out your name as evil, you know, because you're a Christian, different things like that. Jesus actually said, and rejoice in that day. That's, that's like when it happens, he's saying rejoice. And he takes it a step farther. He says, I want you to leap for joy. And I'm thinking, wow. Big pill to swallow. Which means I got to get up out of my pity party. Okay. And decide I'm going to do things in a biblical manner. This this is action. This isn't a thought process. This is action now. You're going to rejoice. You're going to leap for joy. Because your reward, again, what's it dealing with? It's dealing with this vertical perspective. It's dealing with this relationship. Many people ask the question, why should I live? Why should I live? People, sometimes people lost their money or they're in a bad relationship or hooked on alcohol or drugs. And they think, why should I live? And then sometimes people, the devil says, yeah, why should you? Why don't you just end it all? That's a sad deal. In the world today, we have uh, people focus on coronavirus and miss out on mental health. 
miss out on all the negative side effects of mental health. Why should you live? Because your life matters. That's why you should live. Why should you live? Because Jesus Christ died for you. He paid the price for your sins. Why should you live? Because he holds you. He'll embrace you in his arms. That's why you should live. You should live because people care about your life. Many, many people act like, like, I don't have a friend. Nobody cares. And it's like, and then, and then you get all these people who show up at a funeral like, uh, sorry, lie from the devil. Like, lie, 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 lie. See, to enjoy life is you can. You can because you're a Christian. This is offered to Christians. This is offered to the ones who tap into the vine where there's life. All right, this, they tap into that vine, and it produces life in them. Psalm 51, everybody makes mistakes. David makes mista- made a mistake. You know, David made a lot of mistakes, but he also did some right things. So he's going, he's, he has these intentions, going in the wrong direction, up, and then he turns around. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn your neighbor and say, keep turning around. Everybody, everybody's made mistakes. Everybody has. All right, so it's not, you can't think, oh, there's just a big freeway out here, and they're all making right choices, and you're in the ditch here, and over the ditch over there, and went through a fence here. No, 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 everybody's made mistakes. But if we, if we recognize the path we're on, then we can also recognize to turn around. And I want to go this way. I want to live this way. So, of course, David, he turned around, created me a clean heart. All right. And God is gracious. That's the wonderful thing about the Lord. He's so gracious. I don't care what a person does. There, there are people. Uh, the son of Sam Keller is a classic one in New York. He kills all these people and so forth new, in the New York uh, penitentiary for the rest of his life. Multiple life terms and so forth. And this guy gets gloriously saved. Gloriously touched by the Holy Spirit. I mean, you can, you can go online and this guy's preaching from prison. This guy's happy. He's never going to see a free light a day again, but he is a happy man. He's excited about Jesus, and he's broadcasting from prison about Jesus. Totally repentant of who he once was, feared and so forth, because all these murders and so forth like that. Now he is praising God. Pretty amazing. You can go on, you can hear his testimony. I can direct you to it. But the point is this. It's like God is gracious. Amen? Say gracious. And don't ever come to the place yourself where you look at even a family member and be critical. Like, you know, if they just got their act together. <laughs> well, there might have been a lot of times somebody thought about that about you or me. I look at my life and I realize, well, my life wasn't together. I mean, it looked like people thought, oh, he's got a great life or sports. Or so. No, my life was a mess. So having this relationship does something. So David turns around, you know, don't cast me away and so forth. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Good news of great joy for all people. Restore Restoration. He's a God of restoration. And so David, you know, again, if you lose your joy, you're going to start losing strength. You gain back this joy in relationship pretty soon. Every day is good. It's a new day. You know, well, what I got to look forward to? It's not based on something like looking forward, but it's again based on a relationship. And if we, if we have that relationship, then even your job, a friend, or anybody just becomes more fun because of this relationship with Jesus. So restore. Okay, hold me with your generous spirit. Thank God for generous. 
And so David then says, I'm going to teach others this. I'm going to teach others your ways. Say your ways. I'm going to teach others about you, Jesus. I'm going to teach others that you, you are a God who forgives. You are a God who restores. You're a God who brings joy back again. I'm going to pass it on to others. There is restoration. There's hope. There's hope. I think part of the first thing in healing or first thing in, in turning around is hope. You have to have hope. You have to have hope that there's hope for me. There's hope for me. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's hope for you. You know, folks, real conversations. Where, where do we take this? David says, I'm going to teach others your ways. Where do you take this? Take it to your job. Take it to your friends. Start scratching below the surface. Scratch a little deeper. People say, did you put up your Christmas tree? Yeah, it's a twig. It doesn't matter. Okay, let's talk about what does matter. What really matters? How are you feeling? How's things going in your life? You know, how many people would ever say to somebody else, dare to say to somebody else, are you happy? Do you feel good about yourself? These are good questions, right? These are good questions. These are good questions for children. These are good questions for children. Especially nowadays, kids start having phones at... Whatever. Just wean from a bottle and have a phone or something. You know what I mean? This kids start early. And there's all kinds of things out there. So, so asking questions. How are things going? What's that? How are kids treating you? What are people saying? Amen? You can't assume, even someone coming to church, you can't assume, oh, they go to church. They're, they're getting it. Pfft, no way. <laughs> That's like osmosis. You can, you can be here and totally, totally on another page. You could be facing me, but your mind's doing something else. You could be facing me and doing texting. You could do that right in church. That's all, you know. So the, the thing is, like David said, you know, I'm going to teach others. I'm going to share this with others. I'm going to, I'm going to help others to get this. It's just pretty basic stuff, right? John 15, when Jesus was talking again to the disciples, and he says, following the word. So I've loved you just as my father has loved me, right? I've loved you just as my father has loved me. Now think about this. The same love. We can look at people in the Bible and think, oh, look at them. Look how they walk to the Lord. God just really loved them. No, God loves you the same way. The exact same way. All right? And he says, remain in my love. Do not doubt my love for you. Don't doubt it. Just, just stay in the love of Jesus. Keep, keep his word. Obey his teachings. All right? If you do that, you will remain in my love. So, so I'm doing something now. So my, my direction is I'm, I'm in the Bible, but I'm also praying. I'm also worshiping. I'm also giving thanks. I'm also fellowshipping. I'm doing things in following the teachings of Jesus. All right? And as I do that, then I remain in his love. All right? And he says, I've, I, I obeyed my father's commandments. That's what I did too. I told you these things so that my joy, the joy of Jesus, the delight, his delight may be in you. Think of it. The joy of Jesus in you and in me. So I have to reduce this to my day, my day. Thank you, Jesus, for this hamburger. Hallelujah. 
See, see, we get our eyes on all kinds of stuff rather than just, just living. I'm living. I'm alive. Thank you, Jesus. I'm alive. Simplicity. Faith and simplicity. All right? We're trusting him. We're living in him. We're, we're experiencing the joy of Jesus. And notice it says that, that his joy is in you, that your joy may be full and complete and overflowing. So it remains in us. Here's this word remain. We remain in his love. It remains in us. So, so sometimes happiness, which is based on things, that can come and go. Oh, thank you for the gift. Oh, thank you. Thank you. you know, okay, that comes and goes. But joy can remain and be a constant in your life. Relationship. All right, so that joy can be a constant in us. So he told us these things. He told us, you and I, this, that his joy and delight would be in us. That our joy could be full, complete, overflowing. Wow. Isn't that neat? You know, there's, there's, some people, there's some people, when they come to their birthdays, they don't get gifts, they give gifts on their birthdays. Or they give gifts. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Why do you say that? It's joy. That's, that's, you're on a level, another level with joy to live that. Because most of us want to get. And he said, no, it's actually more blessed to give than to receive. Your joy can be full, complete, and overflowing. This is my commandment. And then selfishly seek the best for one another, just as I have loved you. So what he wants us to do then is share this again with other people. Someone might look at you. The Bible says in Peter, give an answer of the hope that lies within you. In other words, they're seeing something in us that is attractive. Joy is attractive. Happiness is attractive. We lived our lives... It, at times with not a lot in terms of the world's things. And we face bankruptcy and we face medical crises and all that. And still we had joy. And still we had this relationship. In spite of this lacking in so many others, still because of this relationship we had strength and could stand for years and stay married. Even the doctors at the Central Plains Clinic we had six specialists on Angela, and they said, you're the most amazing people we've ever seen. We think, why would that be? They said, because you're still together. You're still together. You don't fight. You're not arguing. You didn't divorce, all that. You're still together. It's amazing. Because most people who go through all those things, if you're not attached to the vine, their lives are destroyed. Jesus gives us life. Amen. Amen. This is a Christmas time that you want to think, man, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for great joy. I'm not going for a little joy. I'm going to go for great joy. And have that, you know, be gracious to people. Be gracious to your family or kids or whatever. But just keep going for great joy. Living that great joy. Living that life in Jesus. It's possible because of Jesus. It's possible because of that vine that gives us life. When I get out of that... I can be as grumpy as the best of them. <laughs> but when I stay in it, do real well. Right? Have I failed? You better believe it. Yeah. But I want to keep turning all the time. If that means turning that half hour, turn back. Okay, let's turn back and walk in the Spirit. Amen? Can you say amen? Let's lift our hands a second. Father, thank you for life. Thank you for joyful living. Thank you, Father, that we can enjoy the life that we have because of you, Jesus. 
And Lord, we know you're, you're our provider, you're our healer, you're all those things. We know that. But we just thank you for you. <laughs> that you, Jesus, are a savior. You have touched us. You have forgiven us. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we receive that. We receive that. And we thank you, Lord. We just fix our eyes on you, Jesus. We're not going to look at all the other stuff. We're going to fix our eyes on you. And we thank you, Lord, in the midst of all that. You do give us a lot of things to live life abundantly. We thank you for that. But we fix our eyes on you, Jesus, and that relationship that you give to us. Thank you, Father. Thank you for touching people here in this place. Thank you for touching people who are watching online. Thank you for blessing their hearts, blessing their homes, blessing their relationships, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for drawing people closer and closer to yourself because you are a God who loves so generously. And we thank you for this generous love, generous grace. So, Lord, I pray a blessing on people watching also. Just bless them, Lord, exceedingly abundantly. And thank you for even even that people would have a Bible to read, read in the New Testament, and people could find other Christian friends or a church. Lord, we just thank you for this, Father. We thank you for touching people's hearts by your Spirit. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. And you can... You can pass that on to somebody else. You can be an evangelist. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.